Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Leviticus 23. This is... Uh, been on my heart for quite some time, but I just never could get launched on it. It is uh, people that proclaim the word of God is not true would do well to, to research and, and see the historical accuracy of the scripture. I mean, long before, long before Alexander the Great ever showed up, an old prophet who's in captivity in Babylon's talking about him showing up and ruling the world. So what we have here, I think, in Leviticus 23 is this concerning the feast of the Lord is I believe we have a prophetical picture of what's about to transpire, what has transpired, but but more than that, what's, what's going to transpire? And we can look back and we can see these things that's already taken place and we can, we can understand that if they've taken place, and they have, that we can expect the last three of these feasts to take place, and they will. Amen. And they will. Leviticus 23 uh, I'm not going to read the part about the Sabbath. You understand who the Sabbath is? It's Christ. We rest in Him. Uh, I read after one writer, he said this, but if you'd take a day of rest, it'd be good for you. It'd be good for you to take it. Young and old alike, it'd be good to take a day of rest. Uh the, the, Sabbath, the Sabbath was for the children of Israel, for the beast of the, that, that worked, and, and it was a day of rest that they could be healthy, and they need that strength and stamina. And now, and now we run and gun 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Nobody takes a break. But uh, rest does you good. Jesus said, come ye here, set, and rest a while. And so it does us good. But in Leviticus, I'm not going to get on the on the, uh, the Sabbath, but I am concerned about the Passover. Leviticus 23, verses 4 and 5. These are the feast of the Lord. These are the feast of the Lord. Even... Holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim, this is a very, these are very strong words right here, in their seasons. In their seasons. In the 14th day of the first month, at even is the Lord's Passover. Father, I love you. 
I thank you for this night and the chance to be behind this desk once again proclaiming the eternal word of God. And God, I'm praying that you would fill my mouth and guard my tongue and help me to be accurate inside the bounds of this holy writ with the scriptures, Lord, that you gave us. And I know that you hear me. You have inclined your ear unto me. So therefore shall I call upon you. And I, I call and ask for your help and your guidance in this. And God, that we would just plant a seed, just plant a seed, Lord, that it might grow and come to fruition. I love you. I praise you for what you've done this morning. God, it's, a, it's another service. And we're asking for fresh bread and fresh oil. And I ask it in the name that's above every name, in the name of my King Jesus. Amen. And amen. Now, Moses is given the law. The, 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 children, the children of Israel, God's laid these feasts out before them. And for them to continue in these, there's, there's not an expiration date on it. And I know, I know, somebody watching, somebody saying, oh, he came, he fulfilled the law. And yes to that, the sacrificial law he has fulfilled. But there's these feasts, these feasts are out in front of us. All the feasts were a time of joy with the exception of the Day of Atonement. So when they come together, these feasts were this. These feasts were a time of celebration and rejoicing in what God had done for the people. We do that on a small, smaller scale when we come in here and rejoice about the goodness of the Lord. The outside world does not realize that in Him we live, move, and have our being. That, I mean, this is foolishness. The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness but to us that are saved it's the power of God so the world sees this they look first and, and this is a this is a sad statement but they look at religion as something foolish well you can be religious about a lot of things some are religious about sports some religious about their hobby whatever it might be they're religious it's not religion that I'm concerned about. It's salvation. It's being saved from the wrath to come. And the wrath of God abideth. Listen, those that are unsaved, I don't know why I'm going down this road, but those that are unsaved, are all, they're living under the condemnation of God even now. It's by mercy and grace that the devil hasn't already snatched you out of this world. And he's confused the minds of a lot of our people today, and especially our young people, and convinced them that they're not what they were born, and that they got problems that they really don't have. Someone said to my wife, said, well, they're young, they need to be on some kind of medication because they're, they, they, they've got anxiety. You show me a teenager that doesn't have anxiety. We made it. Glory to God, if I can make it, anybody can make it. By the help of the Lord. God set these feasts in order. 
And whether the world likes it or not, I'm coming back, I'm about to get back on the landing pad here. But whether the world likes it or not, these things, this is, this is, this is the fulfillment of the history of the world. Prophetic in the feast that God gave to the Jews. Now, I want us to think, consider this. Four feasts have been fulfilled. Three are yet to come. I'll, I'll touch on that as we go into this. But tonight I'm concerned about the first one that he set in place. And that is the feast of Passover. Now, we, we, we talk about this often. We recognize this occasionally. It's all memorial because it's been fulfilled. Now, when he's given this to the children of Israel, they know nothing of a crucified Messiah. They, don't know, they know nothing about a Messiah that's going to come and going to give his life for the sins of the... They've just been given this law. Now, I want us to consider this. First, I want us to consider just two things tonight. Now, I'm, I'm not going to be long on this. This is relatively elementary for Bible readers. I want us to consider the origin of Passover or the beginning of Passover. When it began, the origin of Passover. And, and we know I'm reading about it, but this isn't where it began. And Bible students in here, I know where your mind's going. You've already jumped to Exodus chapter number 12. May I suggest tonight that a picture of Passover was prior to that. If we go to the back of the book in Revelation chapter 13, we're going to find a lamb slain from the foundation of the world there's a picture of Passover before the world was ever formed. But we get, we get, that is just a picture. We get, we get, it's more descriptive. We get the first time of it in Exodus chapter number 12. Exodus 12 is this. It, it's the last plague of, upon Egypt. And let me get my verse right. In Exodus 11 and 4, here's what the Bible said. All the firstborn are going to die in the land of Egypt. Now, I, thought, I was thinking about that, Brother Chris Brackens. Uh, that the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. And I never, I never considered this before. Why did he, why did he pick on the firstborn? You know, they say it's the middle child that has the trouble. The baby's spoiled rotten. The first one after the next two or three comes, they kind of left on their own. So they learn how. I'm just saying, that's what statistics. Why are they picking on the first child? Well, I, here's a scripture that came to me. And, and you might agree or you might disagree. 
But in 1 Corinthians 15 and 22, you know what the Bible says? In Adam all die. You know who Adam was? First. So in Christ shall all be made alive. So in the first man, by man, sin entered into the world and death was sin. So by Adam, him being the first, that may not be why God chose the first, but it just, it, it, it resonated with me that by the first man that God created and put upon this earth came sin and death by sin for all of sin. So we have that. Then we have, we, we have the, the last plague in Egypt was the death of the firstborn. Well, here's what he tells them to do. The Lord tells them, if you want to miss the death angel, we need this. We need a lamb's body. I want you to take a lamb. Now, and get this, God changed their entire calendar at this time. April begins the first, it's the first month of the new year in April. As a matter of fact, up to this point, uh, we, we've had all kinds of calendar problems. We're under Gregorian now. I don't know how accurate he is, just to be honest. They had 30 days in a month, the Jews did. They went by the moon. And then about every seven years, they had a month that they added some days in to make up for it. And then they'd go back to the 30-day period again. But they need a lamb's body, and they're going to take this lamb on the 10th day of the month of April. Nisan or Abib. They're going to put this lamb up. And they're going, to, they're going to examine the lamb. Now all of us in here that's been read the Bible very much at all. We understand this. That this lamb is a picture or type of Jesus. From that scripture of Revelation 13 I quoted you a moment ago. That's a picture of Jesus. He's the lamb of God. Behold, John said, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. We understand and know who. But there might be someone here tonight that doesn't understand who this is. That this, this particular Lamb that every house had to have. Had to have a Lamb for a house. You took the Lamb on the tenth day. You kept the Lamb up. You looked at the Lamb. But on the fourteenth day. You kill the lamb. You kill the lamb on the 14th day. So here we have a picture. This is all a picture of Jesus and what he done for us at Passover. I'm going to give you something you might not have thought about in just a moment. So the lamb has to be spotless and it has to be slain. So we're not redeemed. Peter tells us later in the back of, in the New Testament we're not redeemed with corruptible things. Such as silver and gold that you receive from the vain traditions of your father. But of the precious blood Amen. of who? Christ as a lamb without spot. Now Exodus says blemish. You look that word up. In English it'll, it'll mean spotless. So we need a spotless lamb. I'm just going to tell you none of us have ever been spotless. If we're honest... If we're honest, we got some spots on us right now. I can't pray enough to keep myself spotless. And Paul said, I die daily. Every day 
I'm going to die. Every day. Paul. So Paul says that. But he had to be spotless. We know that he's holy, harmless, undefiled. He's separate from sinners. Yet he becomes sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You still with me? We need the lamb's body. It has to be, it has to be spotless. It had to be slain. Then we need the lamb's blood. Very important where the blood was put. If the blood's not placed on the side post and the upper post, then the death angel's coming in the door. And whoever the firstborn is in that house is not going to wake up in the morning. And you know at that time, you know what they didn't have at that time? They didn't have 1 Corinthians 15. They didn't have Paul's writings of where Paul said, I'm willing to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. No, as a matter of fact, when he tells them to do this, they don't even have the law yet telling them what that's going to do for them on down the road. All they've got is one man's word saying this to them, you better kill a lamb tonight. You better have kept him up four days. You better kill that thing and you better take hyssop and put blood on the doorpost. Now, we looking back, that's fully understandable. The, 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 blood, the blood secures the thing. It keeps it safe. Anything behind the blood safe. Anything on this side of the blood, unsafe. The firstborn's going to die. Pharaoh couldn't have been firstborn, could he? It's got to be applied to the door. Now, we know Scripture refers to us as a house. Sometimes we're referred to as a house. And the blood's got to be applied. The blood is the only shield between us and the wrath of God. What's your verse in Revelation, Brother Junior? He's washed us how? From our sin in his own blood. That's what he washed us. From our sin in his own blood. It's coming to the knowledge, the understanding. Collins, Collins started down the right road. She started down the right road. She's, un, she's asking questions. Seek him and you'll find him. You seek him, you'll find him. And come to the understanding that that blood is essential to be applied to our souls, spiritually speaking. That we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Are you still there? Everybody's with me right now. I don't have, I've not lost anybody in this room tonight. Everybody knows this Passover lamb is a picture of Jesus. It's the first one on the feast. It occurred before they get this in Leviticus. He, he's trying to people. He tells them what they need to do. You got to do this or your firstborn's going to die. But you don't just stop there. You've got you've to roast this lamb and you've got to eat the lamb. You've got to eat the lamb. And I read something this afternoon and this helped me. And I think, I think we need to understand this tonight. He said this was a family affair. That the family fed on the lamb at the same time. 
That's, his, that's good. That's good that the family feeds on the lamb at the same time. They're behind the blood and they're feeding on the lamb. They're not, they're, there's so many things we feed on that is not the lamb. But when you get the family behind the blood, feeding on the lamb, I'm telling you, that's God's picture. That, that is a picture of the perfect family. Does that mean they won't have problems? Oh, no, we just read the verse tonight. Start this. Suffer persecution. Live godly in Christ Jesus. Sure we will. But that's as good as it's going to get. Behind the blood, feeding on the lamb. It doesn't get any better than that. Here's what the world says. That's boring. You don't know the blessed life? Get up in the morning. Go to work. Go about your business. Be fed throughout the day, naturally. Have something to eat. Be in contact with your family and know everything's well. Come back home that evening. Gather together. Bless God. Gather together with the family. And eat again. And go to bed. And get up the next day and do it all over again. And the world says, that's boring. Well, go jump off a bluff somewhere. You want a little excitement? That's what they do. Not boring anymore. The blessing of God. The blood on the post. Feeding on the lamb behind the door. The family together. That's the guy I'm telling you. Origin, origin. Of the Passover, observing. Observing the Passover. Now he tells them here in Leviticus when they're going to do this. Three feasts in the year. Understand this. Three feasts in the year. Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. The males had together. You didn't find this till on over in Deuteronomy. But the, every male Jew had together in Jerusalem. He said at that time, he said the place of my appointment, which becomes Jerusalem. That three times a year, uh, or three feasts, three times a year, they had to go to Jerusalem, celebrate that feast. Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Now, but the observing of Passover, it takes place first after this. Understanding, they're receiving this. They've had it once in Egypt. They blow out of town that same night. That's a whole message in itself. So, after they've taken Passover, now... It's a year later. You'd come to Numbers 9. You can study it and you get home. You come to Numbers chapter number, uh, Numbers chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. He tells them, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take Passover. And they did. Now, they're going to, they're going to come in Joshua 5 and 10. They're going to come to the first Passover in the promised land. They've done what God said. They, you know they're in the wilderness for a few days, don't you? Long time. So they've taken it, they've, they've taken it in Egypt. They've taken it in Numbers, chapter number 9. Now they're on, they've crossed the Jordan. They're in the plains. For the first time, they're going to take Passover in the new land. Joshua chapter... 5, 
in verse 10, they kept the Passover for the first time. There's some other things they've done there, but I, tonight I'm concentrating on Passover. So now, they're, they're following the command of God. They've taken it. They've taken it, and they've survived. The death angel come by, and they didn't die. Are you with me? You can let the death angel come by tonight. I'm not going to die. You'll bury this thing I'm walking around in, but I will not die. I will not. Then they take it again in the wilderness. In Numbers chapter 9. And then, then they come in for the first time. They're going to take Passover in the new land, in the plains of Jericho. They can see the city and they're taking Passover. This is what God promised us. Let's remember what he done for us. He brought us out of Egypt. It's a picture of redemption. You understand that? We make a spiritual application with that. It was us. We were lost. We were in Egypt. We were in bondage. God came by, redeemed us, paid the price. The lamb died. We come out of Egypt, out of the world, out of bondage. We stepped into the wilderness. He, everyone has a wilderness experience after salvation. I don't care who you are. It'll happen every time there'll be a wilderness uh, uh, experience. But then after the wilderness experience, you get to a place and you're sitting there on the plain and you're eating a Passover and you can see the city. That's where some of us are. We can see the city. And it's the first time Passover has been shared. They're feeding on a lamb that they've kept up. First month of the year. Tenth day of the month. You find that lamb. If you have to look through 30 lambs, you get the lamb that is spotless. You bring that lamb. Keep it up for four days and kill it. And roast it in fire and eat the lamb. First time in the promised land. The last time they take Passover before captivity. Second Chronicles 35 and 19. And they said Josiah kept Passover. And he kept it. They said there had never been another Passover like the one Josiah put on. I mean there was plenty of lamb for everybody. They rejoiced. And you know what it was? It was all artificial. They didn't care nothing about God or nothing. They're about to go into captivity. When Josiah died, it was all downhill. Now, go, go somewhere with me and I'm done. Luke, Luke 22. Luke chapter 22, I read this. I read this every time we commemorate Passover. Jesus is having this with his disciples. He's celebrating Passover. He's got them. There's two suppers that night. I'm not getting into all that. But you'll find in John when he says after supper. There's two suppers that night. 
There's the common meal, and then there's the Passover. And he's celebrating the Passover with his disciples. And in verses, I'll shorten it. Verse 15, he said, And he said unto them with desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Verse 17, and he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say unto you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God shall come. We see the first Passover in the, in the promised land. We see the last Passover in the land with King Josiah. We see them falter and fall and Passover's neglected and not even, they don't even do, they don't even conduct Passover ceremonies. We find Jesus here doing the Passover. And you know what this promise is? This promise is future. It's not just, we do this now, we're looking back, but we're looking ahead. When we take, when we do, we call it the Lord's Supper in commemoration of the Passover. It, it is this. It is this. We're taking his body by eating the piece of bread. And the, the fruit of the vine represents his blood that we drink. We're drinking his blood. It's represented by that fruit of the vine. It's not literal blood. It doesn't turn into blood. There's... Uh, the, the bread doesn't turn into the body, but it is a symbol or a type of what, what it is. We eat the bread, the body, we drink the juice, the blood, and it is a picture of that. And he says, he says one of these days, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to do it again in the kingdom. I'm going to do it again in the kingdom. There is memorial time. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Now this, the, the Passover has occurred. The Passover's been fulfilled. The Passover, we celebrate that. The Passover's coming now. Can you imagine sitting down in the kingdom? And now some, some's got different ideas about kingdom than I have. I think kingdom is just that. I think the king, it's the king's domain, and he's going to rule like the angel said he is going to in, in Luke 1. And he's a, he, this time he's sitting on the throne of his father David. And all the world is his, and he rules it with a rod of iron. Can you imagine? I don't know if I'll get a turn or not. But there'll come a day when in memorial, he'll drink it anew. In the kingdom. I believe that's. Some say that's not literal. Well I'm just dumb enough to believe it is. It was literal. Gabe the night that he sat down with the disciples. And he said I won't eat this with you. But I'm about to suffer. I'm about to die. I'm, I'm about to suffer. And he suffered. But it won't be the last time I eat it with you. Now, he's saying that before he dies. I'm going to eat it with you again, but it's going to, then it's going to be in the kingdom. I don't know about you, I'm glad for the Passover. 
I'm glad for the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. I'm glad, Joe, that he picked me up out of the miry clay and set my feet up on a rock, prayed God and established my goings. I'm glad that I can take a bite of the lamb. I'm telling you, I eat him every day. I just open up the book and I get me a big old bite of the lamb. And when I get thirsty, I get me a big old drink. I live in water, praise God. And every time I need a bite and I get hungry, Ivan, I go right back and there's the lamb waiting. I can feed on the lamb. And I never run out of the lamb. If you've never been saved, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. If you've been born again, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you feed on the lamb just like I do. You feed on the lamb. Come sing me a verse and chorus. It's a song. Past, present, and future. Keep that in your mind through this whole thing. Past, present, and future. Past, present, and future. It's past. We're doing things present. But there's things coming in the future. That's the way it is. It's God's picture. Prophetic picture of what's on the horizon. You can see it. You can see it. See it on the pages of Scripture. We stand to our feet. He sings his verse, course, a song. If you used to need to pray about something, you're welcome to come. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the Time of Truth.